one, two. Check one, two, one, two. Good. You ready? This is all. Hey, it's Cassidy Pope, Gabby Barrett. It's Darius Rucker. Country. Hey, y'all, this is Luke Bryan. We're Runaway June. It's Scotty McCreary. Hey, it's Russell Dickerson here. News. Big news from Oliver Anthony, new music from Justin Moore, and an interview with Chase McDaniel. I'm Rebecca Porter, and here's everything you need to know in country music for the week of November 20th, 2023. This week's episode of the All Country News podcast is brought to you by Good Sentiments. The candle line partnering with your favorite artists to create custom scents that benefit the charity of their choice. Get yours at shopgoodsentiments.com now. And now for the hottest news in country this week. Kicking things off with some really exciting touring news, Oliver Anthony announced his Out of the Woods tour and tickets are already on sale. Now, these things are flying like hotcakes, so make sure you map it out. He's doing a world tour, so he'll be everywhere from Europe and all through the United States. He is, of course, making sure that tickets are a reasonable price because he is a boss like that. So make sure you map that out ASAP. Like I said, these tickets are going to go fast. And also exciting touring news for all my Ashley McBride fans. She just announced that she's added an additional 30 dates to the Devil I Know tour. Those tickets are already on sale, so make sure you check out those dates and get your tickets ASAP, another hot concert that everybody's going to want to go to. Congratulations are in order for Morgan Wallen, who just won a whopping 11 awards at the Billboard Music Awards. And it's truly incredible. He really put country on the map this year, um, especially on the charts, um, you know, as well as Luke Combs. So it's been really cool to see country getting its dues. And he was on there and even performed. And we have his acceptance video up on allcountrynews.com now. So make sure you check it all out. Speaking of award shows, country radio broadcasters just announced the nominees for the new Faces of Country Music Show 2024. And it features Chase Beckham, George Burge, Dylan Carmichael, Corey Kent, Megan Maroney, Connor Smith, and Warren Ziders. Now, none of these choices are a surprise to me at all. They're all names that I have spoken about quite a many a times. And I'm also so excited to see that they picked Megan. She's the only female picked out of the group. And she has just absolutely been slaying. She may be a new face, but not for long. This girl is taking over everywhere. And mark my words here. In fact, I think I've already said this on a previous episode. This girl is going to be the next Carrie Underwood. The CRS event takes place between February 28th to March 1st. So if you are an industry insider, make sure you get signed up for that ASAP. This next piece of news I have been beyond excited about. One of my personal faves, Miss Kaylee Hammock, recently appeared on Sirius XM's Highway Mornings with Cody Allen and Macy Banks to announce her new show, Prime Country with Kaylee Hammock. Growing up on classic country alongside hits from the 80s and 90s, the show will curate some of Hammock's go-to songs in a 
addition to playing her favorites, Kaylee will also share the stories behind the songs and how they shaped her into the artist that she is today. I love Kaylee. I have definitely talked about her on previous episodes, but I'm telling you right now, if somehow you've been living under a rock and you have not heard of this woman, she has one of the best voices, not just in country music, in the entire music industry. It is unlike anything you've ever heard. In fact, I'm pretty sure she is an angel sent down from heaven. She is so unbelievable, an incredible lyricist as well, just an all-around incredible person. She's beyond nice and spectacular and wonderful, and if you don't follow her on Instagram, you should. She is hilarious, and this show I know is going to be incredible. That'll kick off on Fridays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern with replays on Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern and Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. So I was watching all these videos of Kelly Clarkson doing other people's songs and you know it's a common social media joke that runs around especially on Twitter about how once Kelly Clarkson covers your song like that's it, you're over, you can't ever sing it again because she absolutely just nails it, knocks it out of the park every single time. And she has yet done it again by putting her own spin on Lainey Wilson's Watermelon Moonshine. It is a can't miss and you can watch it now up on allcountrynews.com. I've got exciting news for all my Bud Light and Zach Bryan fans. They announced that the artist will kick off the brand's 2024 Bud Light Backyard Tour headlining at Bud Light's Super Bowl concert. I am even more excited for the Super Bowl now and I cannot wait to see this performance. Make sure you head to allcountrynews.com now to check out more details and sign up to get tickets. Jelly Roll recently sat down with his wife, Bonnie, on her podcast to talk all about his incredible CMA acceptance speech. He said, I was given exactly 60 seconds to say something. I didn't think I was gonna win, so I knew this was my only time to talk. I was thinking, how can I thank the most important people the quickest, thank the other nominees, of course, who I thought were so deserving, and especially Zach, because it was really important for me to make a point to give Zach his flowers on that stage. He goes on to talk more about it, and he is just so humble. And this is one of the reasons why he is just blowing up everywhere because he's such a wonderful human being. You can check out a clip for that now up on allcountrynews.com or head to our socials. Definitely have to end on two super heartwarming pieces of news. First up, we have Ernest and his two-year-old son at the Ryman where they sang Twinkle Twinkle Little Star for the Atlanta crowd. And the footage from this honestly had me so emotional. I love when kids join in for performances. It was the sweetest thing in the world. Make sure you head to our site now to check out the footage. So sweet. And he has more footage up on his Instagram page. Thomas Rhett recently took to his social media pages to share a very heartwarming peek into his family's Christmas card photo shoot. The footage is up on his Instagram page and is so sweet. Another heart warmer for the week, so make sure you check it out. Let's get to some new music this week. 
kicking things off with an incredible debut EP from Wyatt Flores, who is unleashing diversity in this genre. And the EP is called Life Lessons. And that is exactly what you're going to hear on this. I love this one from top to bottom. This is one, again, where I am not going to pick a favorite. I'm telling you, listen to this. The whole thing is magic. Tanner Usre's new album is out, and it is called Crossing Lines. It is 15 stunning tracks. I love the kickoff track, Echo in the Holler. It really sets the tone for the whole album. And I also really love Beautiful Eyes. Every track is perfection though. Make sure you check it out. Country newcomer Jaylee Gandy is back with the universal tale and little things. This track is all about when you know a love is starting to fizzle she has such an incredible voice and is definitely an artist to watch out for. Make sure you check this song out and the rest of her catalog. Matt Koziel teamed up with legendary Vince Gill for an incredible cover of an Alison Krauss classic titled Ghost in This House. They do this such justice and they go together so well. This is definitely a must, must listen for the week. Nolan Taylor released his new EP and it's titled Life and Love. It is short but so sweet. I love all five tracks. I really am obsessed with Teardrop and Wichita is so good. Again, all perfection. Make sure you check it out. Mackenzie Porter released her latest track, Bet You Break My Heart, and it's all about heartache and just being with someone and knowing deep down inside like they are going to break your heart. It's a great track. Super upbeat considering the subject. I am absolutely here for it. Add it to your weekend playlist. Brian Kelly released his new track, How We're Living, and it's all about standing up for family traditions. Make sure you check this one out. Lauren Watkins released her new EP. It's titled Introducing the Heartbreak. It's six tracks, but they are all incredible. There's two collabs on there, which I love. Fly on the Wall with Jake Worthington, and then Cowboys on Music Row with Country Faith, who is also taking over the country world by storm. These girls are the ones to watch out for, so make sure you check them out. Justin Moore is back with his new single, This Is My Dirt, and it is a love letter to his family's century farm and it is such a classic country track and i love the message in this it's all about the memories and yeah maybe he could sell the land for a lot of money but the memories that were made there are priceless and i think that is such a special special message make sure you check it out Warren Ziders released his new track, Sin So Sweet, and this one is really bringing me back. The production of it, the vocals of it are very like early 2000s rock, but he still has that country vocal to it. But this one is really special. So for all of my country rock lovers out there, you are going to eat this one up. Zach John King explores the woes of heartache in his latest single, Same Song, Different Dance. And this song is so relatable. It's all about watching your ex move on with someone new. And maybe you're seeing them do the same things with someone else that they did with you. And they didn't seem so special. But now at the time, you're really noticing it and missing 
that and wish you could have it back. And it is a really great track. Make sure you check it out. The holidays are just around the corner, which means for the next few weeks, we are going to be getting so many holiday songs, which I am absolutely here for. And Tracy Lynn has released her cover of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And the vocals on this are absolutely going to knock your socks off. So for those who celebrate Christmas or even for those who don't, but just love holiday songs in general, make sure you add this to your playlist and get a little festive. Tyler Chambers released his new single, Bar Fight. And I love this one because this is another song where you read the title and you think like, oh, it's probably gonna be like super upbeat, crazy, maybe like kind of a fun track, but it's actually more of a slower, almost ballad type track. Still has a fun production to it though, but it is country writing at its finest. It is not what you think it's about at all. It's about dealing with heartbreak and sitting in a bar and having that metaphorical fight in your mind, hence the name Bar Fight, drowning your sorrows. And I just love this song. I think it's one that so many people can relate to and it is written so well. Make sure you check it out. Roman Alexander has blessed us with another Christmas song. It's titled Lit. And it is honestly the most country Christmas song ever. In fact, it sounds so good. You can listen to it all year round. This one is so great. Another one to add to your holiday playlist. Renee Blair released her new track, Hillbillies and Bettys. Renee is so talented. Vocally, she is so strong. The lyrics on this one are absolutely incredible. It paints a vivid picture of a quaint, lesser known corner of towns kind of feel where love stories unfold and it is so beautiful so perfect it is like the perfect perfect blend of new country meets old country and it is just insane make sure you check it out you can listen to all the new music this month on our all country news spotify playlist next we need to talk video about our week. video of this the week's week. video is tyler hubbard with back then right now his official music video and it's really great. I don't think there's like an activity that he doesn't do in this video. There is skateboarding, swimming, all sorts of fun kind of country style activities going on. You are going to love this one. Go check the video out on allcountrynews.com or anywhere you follow us on social media. And now I'm so excited to throw it over to Bobby Dixon and Chase McDaniel. So when we told our followers that we were going to be interviewing you, we got a lot of DMs asking one question. Everybody wants to know your hair care routine. <laughs> They're going to be severely disappointed. It is so funny that that's, um, I literally use head and shoulders, uh, shampoo. That's it. And, um, uh, the, the lady that I get my haircut from just told me to dry it with a t-shirt. And so that's it. I don't, I don't, yeah. It's <laughs> fancy. It's just uh, the natural, natural look. I love it. I wish I could do that. I, uh, I don't have that luxury. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, uh, I know my papa had kind of like a Afro curly hair and then, you know, my mama had wavy hair. So I just kind of, it, it kind of like fizzled out in the middle with me, I guess. I love it. So this week is obviously Thanksgiving. Um, what food are you most looking forward to having? Or are you like Chandler Bing from Friends and like could really care less? 
Uh, no, I, I'm looking forward to cranberry sauce. I love canned cranberry sauce all day long. <laughs> the the one from the can, really? Like the like the jiggly it. stuff? It's Kroger bought standard. <laughs> doesn't even have to be name brand. Just the just I just love the way it shakes out and it gives the little the little squishy sound and then it hits the plate like you know, that's <laughs> I love it. But I did some digging uh, on you and I didn't realize that you were from Kentucky. So talk to me about like what was going on in Greensburg when you were growing up. A little bit of nothing or a whole lot of something? Well, I'll put it this way. It would be a, a whole lot of nothing to the rest of the world. But to us, we always found something to be entertained by. You know, um, I, I went back home just recently to play a little hometown acoustic gig. And and uh, there's always something going on in that little town if, you, if you know, when, when you're in it. Because we really did just know everybody there. And, you know, you kind of know everybody's everybody's stuff, everybody's business. And um, that's, you know, it was just whatever was the biggest news of the week in a small town. I love it. What did you like get into a ton of trouble? I know, you know, my family's from a small town and I was just chatting with my mom about growing up in a small town and she said that she was constantly in trouble. Did you kind of have the same aura about being in a small town? Well, I mean, I, I played sports growing up, okay. so I kind of had to stay out of trouble for the most part. I mean, I definitely had a couple of run-ins that, you know, kind of thwarted by a friend of a friend, maybe that, you know, I went to high, like the thing, I, like, I went to high school with like, the guys on the police department so yeah. uh you know but definitely a couple of times I, I do remember having to run from the cops when i was 16 or 17 we went ding dong ditching and some guy just had too much and called on us and like we literally just and we hit out until like three in the morning me and my buddy and um yeah we we escaped so i love it i love it well, let's talk a little bit about music i know my dad brought home a Dixie Chick CD for me when I was four and didn't realize that he kind of ignited this whole love of country music for me when I was little. Was there a CD like that for you or maybe a song that you heard and something kind of switched in your brain? Absolutely. It, my first CD was Josh Turner's Long Black Train album. So, oh yeah. my God. Talk of, I, you know what? I've never had somebody say that. So, okay. Talk to me more about that because I am, I love Josh <laughs> Turner too. So, this is yeah. wonderful. <laughs> So my great grandpa just was a huge, huge lover of uh, bluegrass music, and uh, he would go to this place called Renfro Valley in Kentucky, and like they were, they had like you know impersonators down there. They had Elvis impersonators, George Jones impersonators. Every now and again, they'd have the real deal. And I, I guess maybe Josh Turner played down there or something like that. And, and and he always had like the the Grand Ole Opry like recordings playing on his TV at the house, and um, he just loved his music and and gave me this CD and um, wanted me to learn Long Black Train for either singing it at like a family reunion or at church or something. I'm like seven years old. And so I had no bass in my voice, but I'm listening to the CD and, and learning these songs. And that's when I really fell in love with country music because it's that album. And I just, I spun it until you couldn't even recognize whose album it was. You know, the words had faded off the top of the CD. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. So when did you realize that you you wanted to sing was it kind of that moment that you were like thrust into the spotlight or was that kind of itch always there a little bit it's funny i had i had it on two sides i had that that great papa he would he would put me into uh like talent competitions as when i got older and i'd say you know hey i don't want to do it and he'd say well it's too late i already did it you know <laughs> and um and he'd have me singing you know johnny cash songs or something like that Folsom prison was always was always wanted but my papa on my dad's side was a church of God preacher. And he had this beautiful bass voice. 
And so he would, they would travel around town. He was in his quartet where he sang bass. And so when I was real little, like four years old, I remember traveling around with him in a 15 passenger van, listening to my papa sing bass. And so I think between the two, listening to Josh Turner and then hear my papa sing bass, I just fell in love with like that low voice thing. And, um, and then you got lucky enough to have one when you grew up a little bit, <laughs> it, it all worked out. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, it changed. And people told me I sounded like I was 30 when I was 13. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that made prank calling a lot more fun when you were uh, 13. So, but when did the whole, I mean, I know that you are very much into songwriting as well. So when did that kind of start? When did you realize that, you know, that was something that interests you? That was that was totally by accident. I don't think anybody in my family saw that coming. Um, it was just pure instinct, honestly. Um, I got my first guitar when I was about 15 years old. And I think a lot of people, when they get their first guitar, you know, they they learn one of their favorite cover songs. It might be a Leonard Skinner song or an old country song. But the fir very first thing I did when I got that guitar was I tried to write a song. And it was really bad. And I wouldn't play it for anybody. Um, <laughs> But I didn't know anything about Nashville. I didn't know anything about the industry that, you know, a lot of times people write the songs, other people sing the songs. It was just total instinct. And um, I've sort of been doing it ever since. Uh, and honestly, I was probably writing even before that, just on a bathroom counter or something like that. And I still do that a lot. You know, just don't even pick up a guitar. Just sometimes I just hear it in my head and find a beat on a bathroom sink somewhere and, you know, write it down later. Yeah, I'm sure your notes on your phone is just full of, like half written stuff or ideas, but talk to me about when you ultimately decided, you know, to leave Kentucky and come to Nashville. What was the tough, toughest part about kind of that transition um, from Kentucky to Nashville? Um, I would say probably just uh, pressure, like uh, social pressure and everything. I, I mean, I just knew in my my heart, this was like what I was supposed to do, what I was feel like I was born or meant to do. Um, but, you know, there's always that voice in the back of your head, you know, you need to get a real job. You need to, you know, do this. And um, honestly, I feel like I was letting everybody down. I feel like I was letting my family down. Um, and so I just kind of had this mentality of like, trust me, trust me, you know, <laughs> and this is going to work. And unfortunately, I had a lot of times where it didn't look like it was going to work. And, you know, and you, uh, the pandemic hit and I had, you know, maybe $11 in my bank account and had to make that humble phone call to grandma and say, Hey, my mom, do you have a bed for me to go back home to? I, I'm sorry, but, uh, I, I failed, you know, and, um, and that was, you know, really, really a tough time in my position because I, I told them like, Hey, I, I promise I can do it. I promise I can do it. You know, but there's all this, you know, are you sure, you know, it's, it's dangerous. And, uh, you know, a, a buddy of mine ended up lending me some money to pay my rent that month. I got a job busting tables and worked my way up to bartender and was working 17 hour days, writing songs at night and got a chance to record one more song. And, and that was a song called relapse posted on socials that did what it did. And now we're still here. So. I love that. Talk to me about that power of social media. You know, when I was little, you only knew who was on the radio. And now I feel like artists have this wonderful platform probably feels like a little bit of a blessing, but also a curse. It's something added to your resume that maybe you didn't think you would have to do. Um, but talk to me about, you know, finding new fans through social media. Man, I, I think for me, I'm so fortunate to be born in this generation because I, I don't think there would have been a shot for me in any other, in any other time. Um, you know, I came from a poor family. I didn't come to Nashville with thousands of dollars in my pocket and I didn't know anybody in this town. And so I think, uh, and my personality typically is I, you know, I'm 
as far as networking goes, I'm a little bit introverted. You know, I, I don't go up and talk about myself to, you know, people I prefer, you know, authentic or genuine relationships. And and so it would have been very hard for me, I think, even, you know, a generation ago to, to have any success. So I'm very fortunate that I can be myself online and then just be authentically who I am. And then people have found the music. Um, so, and then also you just get to cultivate a true connection because you can be authentically who you are. Um, it does require, uh, you know, you to give up some of your personal life that maybe you'd prefer not to, but, uh, you know, that's with anything. If you, if you want to, uh, you know, this is my dream and that's uh, it's a small price to pay at the end of the day. I love it. When you moved to Nashville was having a viral line dance on your bingo card. Yes or no? <laughs> uh, no, I'll be honest. I knew nothing about how crazy big the line dance community is. I mean, I knew that it existed from Footloose, you know, and Blake yeah, Shelton. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I had no clue that it is massive. And yeah. you know, when this line dance started taking off. I was like, "Should I learn this dance? I don't know." Yeah. I, it took like a year for me to learn the dance, and then I finally went to the Nashville Palace yeah. and watched it. And that entire place was full from, I mean, just shoulder to shoulder, people doing this dance. And I was like, oh, my God, like I thought I didn't realize, you know, and then we're, we're playing these other clubs throughout the, the country. And then anytime we played a bar that was line dancing, it was, you know, pretty much sold out. Yeah. And I mean, I had no clue. And so and the people are just so kind. They're friendly. And it's and it's it really has a really awesome culture to it. I love uh, it. So talk yeah. to me about Project. I love the song. I think it's so fun. We were at a festival in California earlier this year and they had some line dancing and they were teaching your dance. So it's really all over the place. But talk to me about that song and kind of how that helped kind of catapult you to where you find yourself now. Yeah, um, I'll tell you this. I didn't uh, think that it would do what it was going to do. You know, if anything, I thought it was going to flop. Uh, I was very nervous to put it out. Um, pretty much anybody that I had played it to just in my personal circle was like, are you sure about this? Like, this is, this is, you know, we don't, we don't know. It was, it was so left field, you know, for, uh, you know, what was going on at the time. And uh, I was like, I don't know. I really like it. So I'm just going to put it out. I had nobody telling me what to do at that point. And um, and then, you know, I had that reaction. But, yeah, I was just um, I had been writing with a friend of mine. His name was Jerry Jacobs. And um, he had uh, he had this track kind of created and he didn't name it. He forgot to name the track. And so whenever you don't name it, the default name on a track is Project. Oh, wow. OK. And I said, I want to write a song called Project. And he's like, no, no, no. That's just the default name of this track. And I said, no, I've got some things I need to say. And this song's called Project. <laughs> and so. I wrote, we wrote it and uh, put it out and yeah, it changed my life completely. I love it. So, but then you also took that, you mean the momentum from that and went on tour. Talk to me about the response of that song and just seeing fans react to it, you know, in real time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the dance showed pretty quick. Um, and, and that was cool. But I think, um, I think too, you know, I think it gave people kind of like an anthem, the summer anthem that year. And, and, you know, like people that were going through a breakup or, you know, people in their single phase or whatever, they was just like it. I think it broke the shame a little bit, you know, to have fun or maybe laugh a little bit to a song that like really speaks to like how you might be feeling post like a, a bad breakup or whatever. You're like, Hey, I don't want to get involved again for a little bit. And sometimes like you're taught to be ashamed of that. But honestly, like this song just kind of gave you the confidence, like, no, it's okay. Like uh, to feel like that for a while, be who you got to be and then get back out there when you're ready. You know, I love it. So question. And I don't know if you've ever been asked this. So your tour graphic, if you can go back in your brain and remember that your eyeballs are like ripped off. 
What yeah. was what was the creative decision behind that? What was kind of the the catalyst for doing that? I think I think the the artistic definite like definition or whatever behind all that was just like you know the tour was called the Under Construction Tour, and so uh, you know consider myself a project. I think most of us are probably projects in some way, but I'm very far from perfect. And but I do consider myself like self aware enough to know those things about myself, and that I would say that I'm under construction. You know, I'm working on myself. And so, uh, you know, I was like, why don't we just make like a really ripped up version of me? Like it's kind of not pieced together all the way, but I'm, you know, trying to find those pieces still. I love that. I always love asking about like album art or tour art, because clearly there's like some kind of artistic reason behind it. But now you are definitely like fully engulfed in this Nashville community. Why do you think it's so important for, you know, an up and comer like yourself to really have that community to lean on? Um, well, one, I think iron sharpens iron and, you know, being around other creative minds and and learning from other people, you just get better at your craft. Um, you know, I think before a lot of this started, I was writing most of my songs by myself. And then, you know, I had one collaborator that I was working with primarily, and that was my producer, Jerry. And, and, you know, now, you know, I'm, I'm exposed to an entire community of people who, who write and who produce. And, and, and I think it just, it, it does open you up to a, uh, uh, to a community of people who just love what you love. And if anything, you're going to have some great conversations because you can talk about each other's processes and how you do this. And then you just learn and you just, you get better instead of, you know, existing only in your own mind, which can be kind of lonely at times too, as a creative. Yeah. I love that. So talk to me about your daughter. I remember when your team sent this song over and I was like, what oh, yeah. is this? So kind of talk to me about that creative process. And I'm sure yeah. it was kind of scary, but also healing at the same time to put out a song so vulnerable for you. For sure. Yeah. I, so I started writing your daughter um, either over the pandemic or a little bit before the pandemic. And it was one of those songs where I had the I had the concept for, I had the idea of it for. Um, but it just I just wanted it to be right. I wanted it to feel right. Um you know, during that time, I was personally healing a lot of those old wounds. And I think, you know, my sister was, too. She was beginning to kind of understand some things as she was getting older. And I just wanted to to have a song that kind of like, you know, set the tone for her to say, like, you know, I'm, I'll am i take up for you. I'll be there for you. Um, and uh, so honestly, it took me like two years to finish that song. Um, I had the chorus and everything and I had maybe a couple lines of the, of the verse, but I would just kind of sit with it and, and edit it and you know when uh when i felt inspired and um so by the time that i put it out it had been 10 years since we had lost our dad and i released it on the day that we lost him uh 10 years ago and so it was just a really transformative time and it felt like we were able to turn the chapter in my family um and then also just you know give her a gift um also to you know move the move the chapter forward a little bit I love it. So I can't believe we're almost at the end of the year. Like, where does time go? I feel like the older I get, we like skip July through October and then all of a sudden it's Christmas time. But what's like a really big goal you have for yourself, you know, next year? Is there something that you're maybe hoping to get done here within the next month? Kind of talk to me about your goals here for the next little bit. 
I'd say, well, I'm going to write music like crazy. And I've been writing like crazy already this year. But, uh, you know, I think releasing more music in 2024 is my my biggest goal. I've written well over 100 and some songs in 2023. So uh, now, like figuring out which ones of those I want to share with the world, uh, which ones of those represent me the most and, and how I want to be perceived. And then also just which ones do the fans need? I think, you know, touring this year and then putting out music, I've, I've realized that a lot of my fans are like extensions of me in a lot of ways, or at least it feels that way. And so I'm like, okay, we need a lot of the same things. And it's been really powerful to me, at least, to see that I wrote this song because I needed it myself. Self, but how much more powerful it is now to see that someone else needed it too. And so to just continue to reflect on those parts of myself and then to um, to continue to create and give more music to the world in, in 2024, whether that's an album or whether it's more singles or whether it's an EP, uh, we'll know very soon. But, uh, but I'm very, very excited to get more music to the world. This week's episode of the All Country News podcast is brought to you by Good Sentiments. The candle line partnering with your favorite artists to create custom scents that benefit the charity of their choice. Get yours at shopgoodsentiments.com now. Good sentiments. That's all the country news I have for you this week. Visit allcountrynews.com for more news and content from your favorite artists. I'm Rebecca Porter, signing off for All Country News. My name is Rebecca Porter. I run Women of Country Edits and Marin's Girls on Instagram. Both seek to celebrate women in the music industry and all things girl power. Thanks for listening. The All Country News podcast is produced by Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you loved this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. Shout out to our friends Track 45 who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club where you just might get a huge surprise from one of your favorite artists on your birthday. Subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter to get all the news you just heard in this podcast even earlier, delivered straight to your inbox. And check out a new episode every Tuesday right here. All Country News.